Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Interest in local food is exploding and I am so pumped. I have received more questions than ever lately on how to find local food, where to buy it, how does this whole thing work? And I know it can be a really confusing world to navigate if you've only been used to buying food at the supermarket. So in today's episode, I'm going to break it down for you step by step. I'll give you what you need to know to buy good local food and where to start searching for it. Here we go. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, this is the place for you. This episode is brought to you by Layman's Hardware, my number one all-time favorite store for all things homesteading and old-fashioned living. More than ever, I want to be supporting small businesses right now, and Layman's is a shining example of that. Not only do they carry everything from gardening supplies to kitchen equipment to all sorts of really cool off-grid appliances, they are family-owned and operated, and I completely fell in love with their mission when I visited their store in the tiny town of Kidron, Ohio last summer. For a limited time only, if you use the coupon code JILLMAY, you can save 10% on all of their baking supplies, which, yes, that includes their heritage stoneware bowls, you know, the ones with the blue stripe that you've seen in my YouTube videos, yep, those are included too. So head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash laymans, L-E-H-M-A-N-S, and use the code Jill May. Now on to our episode. So back in episode 120 of this podcast, I talked a little bit how I am feeling more compelled to buy local, not just our food, but just everything. And if I can't find it local, which sometimes I can't, we don't live in a metropolis of store options. Um, I'm just trying to buy small, right? Small businesses, small companies, even if they're across the U.S., I'm just trying to support the little guys versus Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. And since recording that podcast, I feel like I've done pretty good. I've ordered one thing from Amazon one time because I could not find it elsewhere. But other than that, I've gotten really creative at finding other vendors and other businesses. And it it honestly hasn't been that much more inconvenient. And I've found some really good products. So, so far, so good. But I know this topic is resonating with you guys because I've gotten a lot of really cool feedback from that buying local episode. So I wanted to take it a step deeper and talk specifically about buying local food because of all the things to buy local This one makes me the most excited because let's face it, I like food. I like eating it. I like talking about it. I like cooking it. And local food is something that makes me just happy. This makes me so happy. Um, So I've noticed that, and you probably have noticed this too, there is so much interest in buying local. There is so much outrage right now at the stuff we see happening in the industrialized food system. And as sad as 
the breakdown of the system makes me, and it makes me sad because of the animals who are being euthanized, the food that's being wasted. I think this is a really valuable opportunity because people are awake. More and more people are paying attention. I know people locally who never cared about what they were buying at the store are suddenly going, oh, wow, I need to rethink this. I need to find different options. And so this is important, my friends. And the more we can do to help support folks on this journey of figuring out what they can skip at the grocery store and how they can support their local economy um, and eat better food, buy better food, just better for our bodies, this is important work. So I hope that if you're already into the local food movement, that you'll join me in helping to spread this word. Like I'm really passionate about this and just helping folks who potentially maybe never before cared, help them navigate this brand new frontier of local food buying. And I really hope my only, my only thing is I hope this sticks. I hope it sticks when a couple months down the road, things feel more normal and the food system drama has maybe quieted down. I hope that people remember how this felt remember how outraged they felt, and will continue to make good choices. So that is my one plea. If you're listening to this podcast, don't just fall back into the rut of the supermarket um, down the road. So let's keep with this fire and keep moving forward. So here we go. Why local? And I'm not going to dwell on this for a super long time because I talked about this in back in episode 120. But just to reiterate kind of on the food theme, local food matters. Local food is your chance to vote with your dollars, which is a very, very impactful way to vote. As we know, the industrialized food system is breaking before our eyes. We even have like the president or CEO or whoever of Tyson Foods. He is quoted recently as saying that, like, that's impressive. (laughs) That is telling. And so how do we opt out of this system, which I feel like is corrupt and not great, um, we vote with our dollars. We vote with our dollars by spreading our dollars out and not continually just mindlessly buying whatever the grocery store puts in front of us. A decentralized food system is going to be stronger. Why will it be stronger? Well, because when we have five packers in the United States, um, if something goes wrong with one or more of them, a lot of things break down, which is what we're seeing happen exactly at this moment versus how it used to be, right? When we had more mom and pop butcher shops or mom and pop enterprises, you might have a a problem with a few of them, but the others keep running. And that creates a stronger system that is more stable overall. Also local food, if we're looking at an environmental impact, It just makes sense because it doesn't take a ton of fuel and energy to ship the strawberries all the way across the country to us or keep food in refrigerated trucks that food that really wasn't designed to be transported for five days anyways, right? It doesn't, and once it gets to us, it doesn't taste that great. If we can keep that stuff more local and in season, it's less fuel, less energy, much better for the environment. Local food also absolutely supports our local economy. It puts money into the pockets of families in your community. And overall, it just builds community because you're creating a more diverse economy locally. Um, And those local businesses are the ones that support the local fair and the sports teams, and they sponsor stuff in your town. And they're an important part. And it's so sad um, 
even I look at some of the little towns around us, you see the ghosts of little businesses that were, right? You, especially when you look at like the butcher shops. Our local towns had more butcher shops and now they're they're closed. They're boarded up because everything started to become more centralized with the big guys, right? So if we open that stuff back up, it creates more jobs, it boosts local economy. Um, so much good comes as a trickle-down effect. Buying local is also going to teach you how to eat and cook in season. One of the jokes that kind of goes around about community-supported agriculture programs, which we'll talk about that more in a minute, is that you get all kinds of stuff in your box and you have to learn what to, the heck to do with it. And it's really good for you as a cook, a home, a home cook, to figure out what this vegetable is, number one. Like Google it. I've had to do that sometimes with stuff in a box. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Help me Google. And then figure out how to cook it. And it's going to broaden your culinary horizons, help you learn new techniques. And it's just good for your family to eat different stuff. It's, it's good, right? So local is awesome. I think we've established that. How the heck do you find local food? Because I get it. There's no shame in this. If you've only ever shopped at a supermarket, all of a sudden going on a farmer hunt feels kind of formidable. How the heck is this going to work? So good news. This is actually easier than you think because the internet is going to be your BFF here. Thank goodness for the internet because it's easier than ever to find local food and local farmers and local producers. And I have seen it lately um, on Facebook. Facebook is going nuts with this grassroots movement of local farm support. More producers are popping up. More people are looking for local food. It's really cool how it's connecting the producer with a consumer. So I would suggest starting there. You can Google. You can Google food buying co-ops in your area community-supported agriculture, that's also known as CSA. And what that is is where you pay a fee once or twice a year to a farm or a couple of farms in your area, and they give you a box, sometimes it's every week, sometimes it's every month, of whatever they have in season. And there's all different variations of a CSA. Sometimes there's fruit and vegetable ones, there's honey and meat and eggs and milk, all kinds of ways this can work. But what it does is, is it puts money in the pocket of the farm and you get to reap the rewards. And it is more, uh, what do I want to say, flexible for the farmer because they put things in the box, whatever they have in season or they have available. So it works really well. We've done it in the past. Um, we don't have one available to us at this exact moment. It shut down. Um, but they can be fantastic. So look for CSAs or food buying co-ops in your area. Um, man, Facebook and Craigslist. Facebook probably even more than Craigslist. But there is so much happening in our local region on Facebook right now. Even if you just post a post on your Facebook wall and say, does anyone know of a local source for blank, eggs, milk, meat, whatever, I bet you're going to get a lot of recommendations. Or if that doesn't work, go into your local community, like online garage sale page. I'm sure you guys have that where you are. We have a bunch of them. And ask there. Just start asking for recommendations. You're, I bet you get a lot more than you, than you think you will. Um, also definitely check with your farmer's market. That's kind of a no brainer. If your farmer's market isn't in season right now, maybe call the farmer's market manager or look on the farmer's market Facebook page to see if you can hunt down different vendors. You know, maybe your vegetable growers will be off season, but 
those who are producing eggs or milk or meat very likely will still have product to sell, even if the farmer's market is not going at this exact time. Um, and even just going to a farmer's market, if you have them in your area right now, um, hunting down producers there is sometimes a way to make connections. And maybe you don't want to buy, you know, at least for us, maybe your guys' farmer's market are different. Ours in our local town to the south of us, they're, they feel like they're kind of more like, I hope this doesn't come across wrong, like token farmer's markets. It's more about folks going to do something on a Saturday and buy one or two tomatoes versus going and rolling up with your truck and buying 60 pounds of something to can or freeze or preserve for later. So I feel like the farmer's market, a lot of the vendors are just set up to serve the needs of the customer. But if you can go make connections to some of those producers, they potentially could hook you up with bulk discounts. Um, maybe they have fruits or vegetables that aren't as pretty that you could use to make canned like applesauce or different things like that. So I would just say start making your connections there. Ours can be a little bit pricey if I'm just buying one tomato at a time. But oftentimes if you do want to go the bulk route, which is really my interest in the farmer's market is how can I get a ton of peaches or a ton of tomatoes or a ton of apples? Uh, you can sometimes they'll work with you a little bit when they know you want quantity. Uh, another website to check out would be localharvest.org. They are a directory of local farms and producers. Some of the newer producers who are popping up lately may not be on there, uh, but they do have some of the more established ones. And then lastly, this is a little bit of a stretch, maybe, maybe not. If you cannot find food locally that you want, within reason, I mean, like I want to buy local bananas, that will not happen in Wyoming. So that is a dream that will probably never be realized. But if it's something else in a different category, maybe it's time to grow it yourself. And that's what happened with us and milk many years ago. I wanted raw milk. I looked high and low, could not find it in my local area. So that's why we got a milk cow because I was bound to determine I would have raw milk in my refrigerator. So maybe this quest will be the thing that prompts you to start growing something yourself. If it can't be a milk cow, maybe it's some different vegetables, maybe it's a fruit tree or some raspberry bushes, uh, but might be your time to step up and be a producer if you can't find what you need locally. Okay, a few things to keep in mind as you are on your local food hunt. One thing I do sort of pay attention to, well, not sort of, I do pay attention to it. At our, locals at our local farmer's market, you know, as I've mentioned before, Wyoming is a tricky, tricky place to grow vegetables and fruit. Some of the vendors at our bigger farmer's market, they're all, and I, I'm trying to, I'm really, I know I'm sounding like I'm picking on our market. I'm not, but they're trucked in from like Utah or Southern Colorado. So they're not necessarily super local to us, which sometimes I'm totally okay with because Colorado is still way more local to me than California. Um, and so that's still absolutely acceptable. But sometimes like the fruits and vegetables will have the stickers on it, like it came from the grocery store. And it just, I don't know, it just bugs me. I don't want to buy grocery store uh, fruit or produce at the farmer's market just to say I got it at the farmer's market. So pay attention to your vendors. We have a, a smaller market on Tuesdays that is 100% local from a, a small radius. And so my preference is to get it from my super local producers first. And then if I can't find it there, then I'm going to branch out 
and get it from maybe someone who's a state or two away. But just something to pay attention to if that matters to you, and I hope it does. Another really important point is, hear me out here, local costs more. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. And this one is, I know this is hard for some folks because they go to the farmer's market or they call up a local producer and they hear the price and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm going back to Walmart. Um, here's the deal, guys. We as Americans, and I'm assuming this applies to other countries as well, we do not know the true cost of food because it is so heavily subsidized. We don't even know what it costs. And a lot of the times the milk producers or the egg producers or the meat producers, the farmers who are growing that stuff that we see on the supermarket shelves, they're only able to stay in business because of the subsidies or they're making pennies on the dollar, pennies. Um, so we have an extremely skewed perception of what food actually costs. Our modern culture spends less of their monthly budget on food than many other times in history, like maybe even any other times in history. We spend comparatively hardly anything because we have become so accustomed to this glut of cheap food. And I don't believe this system can last forever. It's not a sustainable system where we have the government doing stuff to adjust the market so people can, I, I just, it just can't last, right? So this is an artificial system. But in order to opt out of this system now, which I highly recommend, right? We have to be willing to change our spending habits. We have to be. It's, it's vital that we start understanding the true cost of growing food. Um, and that means allocating a little bit more of your budget to the food and maybe less towards other parts of life, coffee or entertainment or going to the movies. And that pays off in the long run because I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Food is the building block for everything you do. And maybe the food is cheap right now when you go to the supermarket and you fill up your cart with all the cheap corn syrup and the corn fed and all the grains and all the stuff that's been subsidized. But we pay for it in the long run in our health um, and doctor's visits and in the cost of what it's doing to our environment, right? And the amount of fuel and energy and waste it takes to produce that cheap food. We pay for it in other ways. So it's really not cheap. And it's so important that we start to shift our mindset and be slowly growing into the fact that paying a little bit more for good quality food that is nurturing your body, it is worth the price. Because if we have these ideas in our mind and we know what's good, but we only ever vote with our dollars and continue to buy the cheap rolls of nasty beef stuff at the grocery store that comes from who knows where, the system will never change. So we have to be willing to step up, okay? That's my, my sermon soapbox for today. Another thing to keep in mind is that for me, locally produced food trumps organic labeled food almost every single time. And I will always pick a local producer who uses clean growing methods <clears throat> and doesn't use a lot of chemicals and doesn't use a lot of extra junk in their meat or their milk or their vegetables, I will, but they can't afford organic certification. I will pick that person every single time over something that's labeled with USDA organic. Because honestly, uh, like that label doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot to me. <clears throat> it's definitely better than 
excuse me, <clears throat> sounding like Kermit the Frog all of a sudden. The organic label for some things is good, but I don't know. It's expensive for the producer, a little producer, to get that label. And there's still things, like there's still chemicals and things they're allowed to use <clears throat> to be officially organic. So it doesn't have as much meaning, I don't think, um, as some people are led to believe. So I would much rather have a farmer who's local, who can't afford the label, but is still doing things wonderfully in their systems and processes. That's priority for me. As you are looking for farmers and maybe interviewing farmers, I have a little bit of advice with just how to approach them with your questions. I think it's fantastic to be an educated consumer. I think it's important that you understand food and how it's grown and where it comes from. And I think it's fantastic to ask your producer questions, but I would just recommend or ask that you come to them with your questions in a learning state of mind, because it's really tough on them, especially when they're doing the best they can to have someone who's maybe read a few too many blog articles that are a little bit alarmist. And when you come at them really aggressively, um, maybe you don't, and I'm not saying you, maybe I'm not saying you have done this, but I'm speaking more rhetorically. When we've had people come at us like about our beef from this, it's almost like a defensive, like I had to have their pitchfork in hand and they are ready to hunt out. They're sure that we are doing something wrong with how we're raising our beef and we're trying to um, be dishonest with our practices and they're going to find it. Like that energy, to have someone come at us that way doesn't feel good <laughs> and it puts us on the defensive. So I know you guys wouldn't do this, but absolutely ask your farmer questions. Absolutely ask if you can, you know, maybe even come tour the farm, but just come at it with a humble mentality. And I think you will, what's the saying? You'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar, right? Um, you'll, we'll get them on your side. And I love to tell people how we raise our beef and how we do all the things and talk about our choices and our practices. But it's really tough when I have someone who has never been around cattle. They have no clue how the industry works, um, but they've read a bunch of blog articles <laughs> from sketchy sources and they come at us almost on attack mode. It just doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. So just keep that in mind as you meet new farmers and meet new producers, just pay attention to how you are approaching them. It makes a huge, huge difference. Whew, so that was a lot of info, friends. I hope that gave you some ideas. Buying local is not as complicated as you think. Um, it can be really, really simple, especially in our day and age of technology. Will it be as perfectly convenient as going to the superstore and getting everything you need in one trip? Probably not, but this is one of those things, we've talked about it before, where it is hard but good. Maybe not even hard. Maybe slightly inconvenient is the better word, but it's worth it because you're doing something that's better for you, better for your family, better for your economy, better for the environment, and it all adds up in the long run. So I wish you luck in your hunt for local food, and I'm really excited to hear about what you find. If you're falling in love with the idea of an old-fashioned, intentional kitchen full of nourishing food and rich memories, you will love my Heritage Kitchen Handbook. I have packed this little ebook full of my very best tips for cooking and eating like a farmer, even if you live in the city, and you can grab it for free over at heritagekitchenhandbook.com. And that's it for today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so all the new episodes will show up automatically in your podcast player. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.